This is Transistor.fm. So yesterday I was in my co-working space and I was talking to John on Skype about our new sponsor, Redash. And I got off the call and someone lifted up their head and said, what? I'm literally using Redash right now. Folks, if you know SQL, you can go from nothing to a dashboard in 30 minutes or less. Anyone who mentions that they came through this podcast, Build Your SaaS, gets 50% off for the first three months. That's crazy. Go to redash.io. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your SaaS. It's the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we do, as we do, (laughs) (laughs) as we build. Transistor.fm. We do this. We're doing the transistor. You know, I think I have this, because I went to business school. I have my degree in business management. And one of the things I think about a lot is really the only way to learn business is to do business. It's it's really hard to learn from uh you know a, a teacher or a textbook. Yeah, it's that's probably true about most things. I mean Yeah. Know, programming. Really, it's really I mean yeah. academic computer science is so far removed from building web applications or iOS applications. Yeah. And I mean, I think podcasts and books and you know, uh, getting together at conferences, all of that can be helpful. But yeah, you really have to do it. And it's almost like, I've said this before, but I remember listening to podcasts like this one, you know, people chronicling their journey and having so many opinions, you know, on the sidelines. And then when you're in it, you just realize, wow, it's a lot different. <laughs> when you're in it, right? Yeah. I mean, it it feels it's just different. It's it, it, it everything changes when you're when your day-to-day is now building and doing this thing. And I think it's good for people like I was definitely naive in my aspirations. I think aspirationally, you know, I wanted this. But I I think that 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 na- naivete is okay, but it definitely changes <laughs> once you're in it and you're there. You're like, okay, well, I now now I understand the reality side of this. Yeah, story. there's all these you know. There's a lot of people that talk about I don't know work life balance and mm-hmm. how you, just, you know you you have the opportunity to craft your own schedule. I think you know we're obviously trying to do that, but like once you're in it, I think it's a lot different in that it's it definitely is like hard to, to shut it off at times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, totally. yeah, that's certainly something that like you can yell from the sidelines and be like, Oh, just take a break. And it's like, well, okay. It's a little, it's a little yeah. harder than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's so much of it depends on the business you're in and the product you're building. And uh, although I will say, I think, you know, contrasting this with the kind of business I've been running for the past three years, it is a lot different in that 
you know, the business I was running before, I was doing online courses. And that's very like you build up to this launch. And it was just like a ton of work. And you're, you're, you're kind of just think about what we did in August. Mm -hmm. You're kind of doing that every three months. Yeah. And that contrasting what we have here, where every month we're just building on what we did last month, but there's no, it's not like we have to do this massive energy intensive launch every, you know, quarter. It's just, you're kind of iteratively building right. on this thing. That part feels way better. Yeah. Some, some crunch time is probably okay, but that sound, every three months sounds exhausting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you were saying before we started recording, you were talking about, uh, you were just having this chat with somebody. What was that about? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of got me thinking about a few things, but, um, a friend of mine, uh, Joe, who's actually helped us out with, with a couple of things, um, on transistor is a DevOps manager. He does a lot of just systems architecture and like really kind of advanced advanced hosting and, and platform building with all you know all the all the, the crazy stuff nowadays kubernetes and all these things that i'm like i've heard those things i don't know what they do oh uh, yeah i mean i kind of know what they do but kubernetes sounds like a like russian swat squad or something yeah yeah <laughs> like who got them oh it was kubernetes <laughs> Damn. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, listeners of our show may remember um, we rolled out uh, SSL and HTTPS for everyone on their websites they host with us through uh, Caddy, which is a web server mm -hmm. uh, that's written in Go, and uh, it it's pretty new and it only recently hit 1.0 mm -hmm. so when we were we started using it it was very much like a, you know a beta but it was production ready um, yeah and there was a one episode we had where things kind of fell apart in that it wasn't working how we expected and our ssl certificates started to expire without auto renewing which they're supposed to do uh through let's encrypt yeah and so uh in response to that we sort of reached out to um caddy support Mm -hmm. um, we became a paying member of their software, uh, which, you know, I think we're happy to support. Uh, and they got back to us, uh, tried to troubleshoot. And then the, the main contributor, the main engineer on that project, uh, got back to me personally sort of like yeah. really detailed out what happened, what went wrong, how they're going to fix it. And like, a general roadmap of where they're going with it, which was like really, mm -hmm. really nice of them. And I, I think made me kind of appreciate supporting them even more. Yeah, totally. Um, but <laughs> recently, uh, Matt, who is the, the lead developer on that project, tweeted about about the project itself, about Caddy and sort of like where they're going um, and mm -hmm. how he was rewriting a bunch of uh, logic in Cert Magic, which I think is their like, external program that run that caddy runs on top of which is the, the the bit of code that actually does all the um certificate renewals and generation and stuff like that and talks to the let's encrypt servers mm -hmm. so there uh he was sort of talking about some changes that that had been made in that 
part of the service, like upstream um, on their servers and how uh, usually it works. It like chooses one way to do the certificate renewal kind of like randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had mentioned us. He's like, you know, normally this works fine. Uh, it broke for one gracious customer, Transistor FM. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and my friend Joe saw this. I, I think probably follows him on Twitter. And uh, messaged me in Slack and was like, oh, you guys are using Caddy in production? He's like, gross. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's it's actually been working really well, um, except for, you know, the one the one day. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's like, hey, you're a brave soul. And so it, it sort of just got me thinking, like, out of the choices the choices people make and we make uh, when developing software that's like dependent on other people's software or other people's frameworks. Like we chose Ruby on Rails, which is now like seems ancient in code years, but mm-hmm. is really stable. And um, you know, there's certain aspects of it that are not necessarily the most high performance. Like I think some people would be like, Oh, you should have written this in node or you should have written it in, Erlang or some other language that's faster, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. But when you have to just get up and running and, and choose something, um, that's not always like the best approach, I don't think. And same with totally. same with Caddy. Like you can do this stuff, automatic SSL uh, generation and renewal with Nginx, which is like probably the, one of the more popular uh, open source web servers. But yeah. But it's not it's not just drop in like it, it i was reading i was looking how to do it i'm like this is this just seems like probably more problems would arise from this totally um the way caddy sort of built it is 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 really kind of exactly how we needed it to be yeah on one hand i can understand wanting to go with you know the big enterprise grade solution yeah but we got incredible support from Caddy. We did. They're yeah. a small company and we got incredible support from them because they are a small company. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I think right now we're giving some of our best customer support to our customers as a team of two. Right. Because we're highly incentivized. These are our customers. This is our company. And we want you know, we want the best for these people. Yeah. We, we're we not just some, you know, schmo in a corner office or in an open <laughs> desk environment who's, you know, got his headphones on and just can't wait for coffee break. Right, right. I Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally see where uh, my friend Joe's coming from. Like, I, I don't disagree with him at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he is incredibly knowledgeable about those tools and and does run this stuff on like really, really high grade, like enterprise uh, systems. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like I, I kind of, I really appreciate how open Caddy and, and Matt, uh, the developer is about building, like much like we are, he's very open about how he's building it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I'm, I'm incredibly happy to support, them and what they're doing you know as yeah. much just as a lot of customers are happy to support us and what we're doing and pay mm-hmm. us you know 20 bucks a month yeah um, yeah totally and i think there is this 
the the benefit of being a two person team is, and honestly, this is why I think it it will be hard to hire. I definitely. I definitely don't want to grow past five. That's probably naive, but yeah. five to me is just the per- all of my favorite teams have been five people. And now, right now, when we're two, there's just so many things we can optimize for. Right. So, like, I've, I've been trying to rebuild our marketing site on Statomic, and mm-hmm. I'm doing all these live streams. And, you know, with the CMS, you can especially one that's kind of as flexible as Statomic, you can do all sorts of things. You can build special templates and blocks, and you can uh, use Laravel to program all sorts of things and ways to manage the content. And as I'm building the homepage, I said, you know what? All I want here is static HTML. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put a big blob of, there's like an overall template, but then inside that template, I just got this other blob called homepage, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and and folks were like, I'm doing this as a live stream. So there's all these commenters who are amazing. They're helping me out. But they work for big companies with like multiple levels of QA and multiple users is the big thing. And so they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like if you're going to do the homepage, you need to have build a homepage builder and you need to, you know, abstract this over here and push this over here. And I said, folks, this is just two people working on this. We both know HTML. There's no greater joy than being able to go in, especially to your homepage and just tweak things in HTML and, you know, push things up to Git and then have that then go live. That is the best feeling ever. And we can do that as a team of two. And I, I think there's something, uh, the, the joy of building a company when you're small is you don't need to over-engineer. Mm-hmm. You don't need, if, if anything, it slows you down. Like that Beaver Builder plugin for oh, WordPress. Man, thing, I just fight with that thing. God. <laughs> like, it, it, it takes all of the joy out of building a website. <laughs> Really, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if you're just building a home page and you don't need to extract out templates that you might reuse some other time, like d- why why do it? I don't, I don't even know if even in the cases of these big companies, how much how how often are they actually? I don't know. I I, I question some of that stuff. Now, like uh, building a you know a collection. For a blog makes sense, right? That that's something that you want to have, kind of um, programmed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But that that's where the the any sort of programming you do is going to work with you. And so, like this new site, it has a blog. It's perfect. Yeah. But almost all of the pages have this. Oh, the pricing. That was another thing. Pricing mm-hmm. page. I want to be able to like edit. That was the other thing. They were like, okay, let's let's create a big field set for the pricing table. And I said, God, no. <laughs> because that's where things get terrible. You, you want me to create a field set, you know, where there's a thing called plan and then price and then options. And you're just putting me in a box. We've been building HTML tables 
since the you know HTML. I don't know when they came out, yeah. but like we can do this. And now it's of course it's not tables, but yeah, you can still use uh, them though. It's fine. You you can still use them, but you know I was able to find uh, a pre-existing kind of code snippet from Tailwind, and just basically just plop this right into this page and then edit it. And it's like already way better than what we have. And I'm sure like once you start editing it or whatever, like it just makes it so much simpler as opposed to us building something in Beaver Builder where we're like having to go into, it's like four modals in and then edit all this stuff. And then you've got to figure out what 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 is styling this page? Is it the plugin? At some point, is I, it the I WordPress gave up. Theme? Like I just yeah, I hate our pricing page. I hate it so much, and it it's it's my in some ways it's my fault. Like I I you know I, I had to build it with Beaver Builder, but right. just being able to edit the HTML is so much nicer. Yeah, are we going to put that into production? Hell yeah! yeah. You know, uh, what do you, what do you think the trade off is though? Like at what in what times should you not go with the indie solution like where, where's the line for you if if someone comes out with a new i don't know new jam and you're like okay i could put this in but like how do you determine if that's if it's good enough right uh that's a good question i mean for, for rails and stuff it's it's hard to say because it is good i mean it is i would say it is enterprise grade Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. are there going to be points where we spin off like smaller apps that are maybe more efficient for a certain thing? Pro- probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that happening. Um, for Caddy, uh, I was definitely initially pretty hesitant to use it just because I did read some, you know, performance comparisons between Caddy and Nginx and stuff like that. And, it made it look like Caddy was just horrendously slow, mm-hmm. but like it's it's not for our use case. Like I think there's a certain there's a certain scale at, at which point, like you know, I I don't know if we're going to keep using Caddy forever. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you know as they grow and continue to build it and come out with new versions, like it might it might be totally fine. Yeah. Um. At a certain scale. You know, I guess you have to sort of just like compare compare any sort of like problems that might pop up at certain scale. Like I don't know, maybe it's limited by the number of SSL certificates you can have. But yeah, um, some of this is some of this is rational, and some of this sounds emotional to me. Do you agree or no? I think so. Yeah, I mean, some of it's certainly rational. Like you know, it, it's uh like it's it's the web and there are inherent like security risks and problems and nginx and it's it's like family of plugins and and modules are like well vetted against you know hacking and malicious things mm-hmm. like that uh caddy is a few people so maybe not so much but maybe th- there's also this tension this comes up all the time there's this tension between Oh wait, they're smaller, so they don't have they can't protect against you know right. uh, vulnerabilities as much. But guess what? There's less people attacked. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Attacked. I'm sitting here and I went back and started reading uh, Matt Holt's Twitter feed, and he has he has a 
pinned tweet from April that says, here it is, my my uh, master's thesis on HTTPS. It's like, okay, so he probably, you know, he's like, he's done some research. That's right. This is why I think some of it is emotional, meaning, like, the more I get to know, we'll take Caddy as an example, the more I get to know them, the more I just trust them. And uh, I probably lean more on the emotional side than rational side, yeah. um, where I, I'm a people person. I want to do business with people. And I want to do business with people I can trust. Yeah. And, you know, these, and to me, you, the way you earn my trust is through your actions, what you repeatedly do. Mm-hmm. That shows me, it doesn't matter what you have on your marketing site, doesn't yeah. matter what you have in your docs, prove it to me. I mean, he, you, could, he, you, yeah, he could have come back and said, you guys are doing it wrong. Like, you didn't, yeah. you didn't read the manual, like, good luck. Exactly. And, and I think this is a good, uh, thing to note for people building businesses, you know, like I have, I've, I get these DMs from people who I've never heard from before, and they say, "Hey, I'm launching on Product Hunt. You know, can you, can you leave us a review or something?" Mm-hmm. I said, "I don't even know you. Right? I've never, and this is a product that I just wouldn't normally use. Like th- th- everything about this is jarring, as opposed to." I mean, Joe's a good example. If Joe asked me for a favor, I, I'll do yeah. anything for him because he's consistently proven to be helpful. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and this is, I think, and it, this can't be forced. I, I also get a lot of people messaging me and saying, you know, how can I help you? I want to help you. It's like, no, you got to, this is, <laughs> our lives are, are layers and layers of, of actions and you can't you can't just hack your way, you know, through this. Right. You have to just consistently show up every day and um do things that matter, do things that help people, do things that earn trust. And that's how you can then, you know, the and the, again, the people that I do favors for are my friends. They're the people that have proven themselves. They're mm-hmm. the people that I know I can trust. So, I don't know. If if Kyle Fox comes out with new software, I just know Kyle Fox is amazing. And so, I'll I will <laughs> I don't even have to look at it. I'll just I I trust him so much. I'll be like this if it's from Kyle, it's worth doing. Yeah. Um and I I I think people sometimes miss that part. So, so far, I'm impressed with what Caddy's doing. And it also shows you that you can't just do this once. Like, every once in a while, you and I might have an off day. And you, you really have to watch this when you're doing customer support. Because, I mean, you drink lemons for <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. And then you go in to do, uh, co- <laughs> yeah. to do uh, support. Not so good, hey? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been a few times where I've been frustrated with Spotify. I'm just like, oh, these... Spotify, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a good example too. I mean, I think we've got a good contact at Spotify now. Yeah, but yeah. Honestly, my experience with big companies is they're just big, and it's hard. It you get lost. Yep. But my experience with smaller companies, especially good ones who have people who whom I trust working there, um, yeah, I that that makes all the difference, and we also have. I'll talk about this after the the break here, but uh, we also 
are able to get really honest feedback from people. So if we don't show up, there's going to be people who we trust, which is important, who can give us that feedback and go, hey, you know what? You really dropped the ball here. Yep. Yeah, and that's I, I appreciate that almost as much as the, uh, probably just as much as the positive feedback. Totally. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. This episode is also brought to you by ProfitWell.com. Uh, Patrick Campbell, I love this dude. He, uh, I've met him in person a bunch of times at conferences. Um, he is just doing all this work on helping SaaS companies with their metrics, with understanding how to price intelligently. We, he came on the show. We had him as a guest on the show, uh, if you look through our archives. But um, ProfitWell.com, it gives you free subscription metrics. So all we did is we authenticated through Stripe, and all of a sudden we had all these reports, monthly recurring revenue, churn, cohorts, like all this stuff just right there for us. And honestly, we were talking about this before. We don't log into the app that much yeah, because we get these emails, right? And the emails will say, hey, you're, you're ahead. Like we set this, this monthly goal of how much we want to grow each month, and then it just so we kind of set this baseline and then it just tells us how we're doing. Yeah. Hey, you're 25% of your goal, 23, 23% through the month. Really helpful to know, okay, are we on track right now? How are we doing compared to last month? So if you want to get these emails, if you want to log in and see the dashboard and everything, I think you should check it out. Sign up for profitwell.com. And, you know, if that little chat widget pops up and they say, hey, just say, hey, heard about this through the Build Your SaaS podcast. By the way, I think they, they are a customer of ours and they are getting ready to uh, release season two of Protect the Hustle. Nice. So if you are uh, at your podcast player right now, which you are, just as you're listening to us, just scroll up, click the add podcast button and search for Protect the Hustle, because um, I think season two is about to drop. Okay, so before the break, I was saying I wanted to come back to this idea of people giving us honest feedback. And I've been doing some experimenting with Instagram. I actually personally don't use it anymore. I just find it's, it's, bad, it's bad for you folks. <laughs> just get off Instagram. But for podcasts... A lot of podcasters share their shows on Instagram. And so I'm trying to interact with people there. And Ali Abdal, who has a show with us called Not Overthinking, really great show, and was kind of like a surprise hit. Like, I, I, I think I'd seen him and, um, is it Tamer? I'm sorry, Tamer. I'm probably saying your name wrong, but I, I'd seen them around Twitter and, you know, didn't then saw that they signed up for Transistor, and it it got a lot of traction. But he messaged me, and this is like that just great unfiltered feedback mm-hmm. that I love. Okay, so he goes, hey, P.S., I was meaning to send you a message. The Charge More episode, where the others were talking about how Transistor doesn't seem to be aiming at brands, given how the majority of users are on the cheapest plan. So remember, we had that kind of, there was that big pricing debate we had, and uh, I did a live uh, kind of debate with Ben yeah. Ornstein and Jordan Gall. Uh, 
he said, I noticed you've changed your messaging to ho- the host for all your podcasts rather than podcast hosting for brands. And he said, when I was deciding who to use for podcast hosting, Transistor was the first thing that came to mind because I've been an email subscriber for ages. But the brand-focused messaging made me hesitant about using it. I'm glad we went with Transistor because it's awesome, but just wanted to let you know that the brand thing felt like, you know, what the brand thing felt like from an amateur creator perspective. Hmm. First of all, thank you so much, Ellie, for sending that to me. Uh, And again, Ellie has earned my trust. I don't want all of you guys just shitting on me now. (laughs) I don't want you to all, okay, Justin's up for some unfiltered criticism. We're going to let him have it. Send it all to Justin. (laughs) (laughs) But as someone I trust, I was like, this is so nice to hear this this feedback. And I, I, I want to tell people something I think we were wrong about. If you go back in our initial episodes... John, you and I were talking about how we wanted to be the WP Engine mm-hmm. for podcasting. WP Engine being this kind of premium WordPress hosting service. You know, if if you, <laughs> it's funny to hear us go back and listen <laughs> to those episodes. <laughs> like it wasn't that long ago, but no. man, clueless in some ways. We were clueless. We had this idea. You know, we will choose our market. Who do we want to serve? And a lot of this came from me. We want to serve businesses. Yep. Because businesses have money, businesses, you know, are starting podcasts now. And some of that prediction came true, but, and and we optimized for it, right? We were like, okay, we're going to choose our niche. Here's our niche. We're not going to go after everybody. We're going to, here's our niche. It's businesses who want a podcast. And eventually that synthesized itself into, you know, Transistor is podcast hosting for brands. Mm-hmm. I think what we've learned is that maybe you don't get to choose your market as much as you think you do. (laughs) Maybe the market is the market, meaning the market is anybody that wants what you have. And you just have to sort of, yeah, listen to to that market, kind of like see where it's heading or see what's, you know what's popular that's right it's like you might you might decide to put on an event and you're thinking you know what the only people that are going to like this event is young hipsters maybe i don't know maybe it's a a night of jazz or something so you 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 say you know what this is for young hipsters that's all who's going to care about this and so you just put all of your marketing into attracting young hipsters but all of a sudden, uh, you know, a baby boomer just happens to hear about it. And they're like, I love jazz. So they tell all their friends. And so now you look at the lineup and you go, oh, wait a second. Sure, there's some hipsters here, but where'd all these baby boomers come from? In the same way that, you know, when my wife and I went to the John Fogarty concert, uh, I think a lot of those, the old folks that were there were like, where are all these young people coming from? <laughs> Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> We're like streaming music, you know? Like we, we can we can hear John Fogarty. We discovered John Fogarty through Spotify. Yeah. And there's these markets you might not have thought of. 
And I've been wrestling with this because I think for a long time I was advocating for people to always choose a niche first and then go after that niche in a, you know, with all your messaging, with the way you build your product, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still some of that that's good advice. But when I was in Portland and I went for dinner with Ruben Gamez, and he told me about the new product he's building. And I was kind of discussing this thing. Like, you know, I thought we were going to be like just for businesses. But I don't know. We've got all these other creative people on there and people trying podcasting out. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe we failed a little bit in our positioning. And he's like, Justin, with this new business that he's doing, which is in, his biggest competitor is DocuSign. Mm-hmm. His business is called DocSketch. Okay. He's like, all I'm doing is I'm putting this out there and I'm seeing who shows up and then I am interviewing and researching those people. And it's kind of like saying, okay, we're going to have a block party. Let's see who shows up. And then deciding, you know, okay, what does this community need? Well, if everyone who shows up at the block party is a family with young children, well, then as a community organizer, you kind of know, okay, well, we need to maybe start building some things for young families. If everyone who shows up is a senior citizen, okay, well, we got to, you know, maybe make more things for seniors. And so he's been like doing some things that folks say not to do. Like he did an AppSumo deal. Uh I said, why did you do that, man? Like everyone says, don't do those AppSumo deals with software as a service businesses. Because typically you'll do like a lifetime deal for like, you know, like lifetime of transistor for 99 bucks or something. Okay. And he's like, for the learning, man. It, I just wanted to see who signed up, who is willing to pay. And I'm going to start creating my marketing for the people that showed up hungry, right? I'm not going to create my marketing for this, this niche market that I just came up with in my brain right yeah it's just been interesting to process that especially since i think in the original episodes there was a little bit of not tension but debate because you were surrounded by all these creative kind of independent podcasters and i was like no we don't want those (laughs) (laughs) right you remember that yeah you're like they don't yeah they don't stick around they don't you know they're not going to pay the the premium prices they're not you know they're going to cause a bunch of customer service yeah um and i yeah i don't really think any of that necessarily came true i mean maybe for some customers but uh, we certainly haven't turned those people away no yeah i mean there is some of it that's true like it there are some customers that require some customers require more work than others. Mm-hmm. And this this seems generally true at the... On one side of the spectrum, you have like hobbyists and DIY folks. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like mega enterprise. It feels like most of your support can be in either of those camps. Like if we have an enterprise company sh- sign up, I've actually started turning some of these folks away because I'm like, we cannot go through your process Mm -hmm. your process is just too much it would crush us you want us to like sign these these state documents and like um go through all this uh, 
you know, all you want to rewrite our terms of service. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like <laughs> you want to pay by check, you know, that's mailed by carrier pigeon. <laughs> it's almost like crazy to think that like whenever I looked at our customer list, I kept thinking, no, this is just for brands. It's just for brands. Yeah. Where but, where are the brands? There's no brands. Where, <laughs> I mean, there are brands. There are, yeah. It, some of that came true. And certainly I think we want to build some features for those folks because I think that's where our expansion revenue is going to come from. But man, we've got so many great shows. Yeah. I uh I think I think we were wrong, but I think we were wrong in a good way. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I think you can always look back on it with hindsight and say that oh yeah that actually makes a lot of sense like i you know i think most good companies or business people are sort of they keep their ear to the ground and like i don't know they pay attention to what's happening as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to predict everything yeah totally you know another interesting thing is um you were telling me about a big company that in fintech that you were saying like they want to ask us some questions mm-hmm. Uh, but you said Transistor just came up in their meeting. Yeah, from a couple. Yeah, like from a couple people. And I think, like turning people away, it's like I know there's metaphors for this, especially in music. Like, you know, there's a certain genre of music, and then a new group gets interested in that genre. And in certain decades, it was like, no, you folks don't belong here, and they'd get turned away at the door. Even though it's like, no, those people are into what you're doing. And I think there's that that risk. Now, on the other side, there's this risk that you try to be all things for all people. You know, we know we can't build features for everything and for everybody. Yeah, there's definitely, you're right. There's definitely a lot that I think we've thought about, but then sort of put on the back burner. Yeah, I just think that's been an interesting realization. It'd be interesting to listen to... I haven't really listened to old episodes. Every once in a while, I listen to a few, and I'm like, oh, that... that it, Maybe in our year in review, like, our one-year anniversary of the launch is going gonna, is gonna to be uh, in a couple months. Yeah. might be interesting to go through some of that. Yeah, could be. Uh, why don't you quickly... Talking about stuff we're building... Um, you know, you're pretty heads down at your day job, but you've, you've been... You've managed to put out a few things. Yeah, um... um... There's been a couple. Uh, the, I guess the biggest one I've been working on is the updates to our audio embeddable audio player. Okay, tell me about this. Um, so we, we have a lot of... Well, we have currently an embeddable audio player per single episode, or you can have one that actually just shows the latest episode in your show. Yeah. Um, but we get a lot of requests for... Hey, I, wanna, I have a, a single page for my podcast we're not you know we're not hosting uh, our podcast website through transistor we have a single page we would love to have a player that just has a playlist in it and you can like poke around and play uh, episodes from a single player mm-hmm. um, so kind of thought about it a while and how i could adapt what we have to that and uh got quite a bit of it done yesterday Oh, that's so. Um, that, so uh, it's you know, yeah, it's people a, have been wanting this. Essentially, the similar looking style. It uses the exact same player and, and markup and everything like that, but it's just like added on. It's you know a tall, obviously a taller embed with a playlist you can scroll through and play episodes directly from there. And 
Yeah, that's going to be huge. Because yeah. some folks just have a landing page and they just want to be able to say, go to mypodcast.com and then embed instead, like right now they can embed specific episodes or their most recent, but, you know, and they'll pay, like there's WordPress plugins that do this that actually cost, you know, a fair amount of money. And so t- for us to have that natively would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, I think, you know, it's probably step one in sort of updating the player and, you know, there's other other types of, you know, I don't know, playlist. We could have a playlist feature where you could cobble together episodes from different shows and have that be your player or any number number of things. One of the things I like about Clubhouse is that the project management software we use is that you can add like tickets to things. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was going to tell you before. <laughs> so often when, when, when a customer support request comes in, I'll go to Clubhouse and I'll search for that thing. And I've, you know, I've got screenshots and other things. So people say, hey, I want an embeddable player. And I'll be like, oh, like, we're thinking about building this. Here's what we're thinking. It's a ways off, but I just want to get your reaction to this. And, you know, people give my reaction. But another another one is people want to see their episode artwork. Uh, The episode artwork on the website beside the right. beside the the episode, and I've been referencing this image. Like I'll just like go in and like copy it and then paste it into chat. But then I just realized what I'm actually sending people. Right, I'm going to send this to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, this is going to make our episode explicit. But the the story says, as a user, I want episode artwork to show up in the episode list and on the episode page. And then on the right, I have you know, a custom image for that episode showing up with an arrow pointing at it, which is the part I always pay attention to. But just to the left is the show title. Yeah. <laughs> when the show title is labeled a fuck boy, but why? <laughs> <laughs> I never actually noticed that. <laughs> and I've been sending this to customers. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> so, oh, my God. I just, <laughs> and I don't know if no one else has noticed it, but I, I pasted it into a chat the other day and I'm like, so like this? And they replied, yeah, like that. And then I was like looking up in the chat. I'm like, oh my God, what, what? What, did I, what example did I send them? So you probably made that for a customer, right? At one point I just saved it. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> And folks, we have all sorts of shows on Transistor. We we do not discriminate. You know, you can you can have some some pretty wild stuff on our on <laughs> and uh yeah, this this show here. Oh, that's funny. Pretty funny. So, yeah, I got to I got to replace that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's good for this week. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, the uh the audio player updates should be coming soon. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. We'll, uh, we'll let people know. We've got a bunch of Patreon supporters. Uh, this week, I will, in the show notes, I'm going to hyperlink everybody that has a podcast on Transistor. So if I miss you, let me know. But folks, if you want to hear these folks' shows, uh, head over to the show notes, saas.transistor.fm slash 62. So John... Who are our supporters this month? Well, yeah, thanks as always to uh, all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, we have uh, one new one, which is Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Thanks. How did you mess up Josh Smith? I don't know. 
<laughs> that's, There's so that's, many other ones that I should mess up here. Yeah, I know. You, you can like do pediafrita. I See, I can't do that one. But <laughs> <laughs> so thank, thank you, Josh, for helping us out. Yeah. Uh, we, we have uh, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedrafita, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, my brother Dan Buddha. DanBuddha.com. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Kevin Markham, Sammy Schuchert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. Okay, I gotta I gotta break in here. Okay. We got a tweet from Darren Spence. He says, road tripping for vacation. And I saw a sign for Junta, J-U-N-T-A, and couldn't help but be reminded of Justin saying Junta after every time I saw the road sign. I sent I I I I sent that to I sent that to the real Junta. That's great. He dug it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Kyle Kyle Fox from get rewardful get rewardful dot com uh, and our sponsors today Profit Well and Redash. Yeah, thanks so much for listening, folks. If you haven't, just head over to iTunes, click that five stars for a five-star review, or you can write us something nice, and we will see you next week. You really have to watch this when you're doing customer support because, I mean, you drink lemons for <laughs> breakfast yeah. and then you go in to do to do uh, support. Not so good, hey? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been a few times where I've been frustrated with Spotify. I'm just like, oh, these <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> Spotify. I'm just... Yeah. Yeah. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.